0: There's a Dallas-based not-for-profit that's really intriguing. It's called WINGS, and and it's a nonprofit that empowers women. They fight poverty and impact all sorts of people to do financial education classes. Kate Rose Marquez is the chief executive officer of WINGS and joins us right now. It's good to have you with us. Thanks,
1: David. Thanks for having me.
0: So where does the name come from? W, capital W, small I, and capital NGS. What would...
1: Well, uh, Wings is a 114-year-old agency. We actually used to be the YWCA of Dallas. Ah. Mm. I didn't know that. Yeah, so we've been around a long time. We're one of the, we're one of the uh, grand doms of nonprofits in Dallas.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's the that's what happened to the YWCA. That's
1: what happened to the YWCA. So, um we ended up spinning off from YWCA nationally and um needed to get a new name. And this was, gosh, eight, nine years ago. And uh, um, we had some pro bono work done by an ad agency that um, came up with a new name and they wanted to keep the W and then had to refit kind of backfill from there. So they came up with a, a acronym that honestly, I think is kind of antiquated, and I'm 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 going to do something about it in the near future. Well, but
0: I mean, YWCA is probably well. I mean, maybe maybe you don't want to go backwards, but no. when, when I think of the Y, I mean, men or women, I still think of you know swimming pools and sports events and stuff yep. like that. Yep. So tell me the thrust of your organization now, then.
1: Sure, I think one of the great things that uh, Wings has done over the years, over the decades, that they've supported uh, women in Dallas is we've been able to read the community and evolve our services along the way. So uh, most people don't know that the YMCA and the YWCA actually started off as youth hostels back around the the turn of the former century uh, to support rural um, teenagers coming in and working jobs in the city. So that's a long way from uh, what we do now, right? But what we did was we read the community over the decades and evolved to meet the needs of the women in our community. So we really have uh two key programs that we do. One is called our Nurse Family Partnership and that is a national program that we were the first to do in Texas and we uh administer it throughout North Texas and it is a we have 12 full-time RNs on staff who do in-home visits for low-income first-time
0: moms. Oh, that's a and great thing to do.
1: Yes, what we do is we start off with them. They have to enroll before their 28th week of pregnancy. And the income ceiling is $25,000 gross a year. And I know when this doesn't replace prenatal care, it's a supplement too. And we go in and our nurses really develop, it's a two and a half year relationship because they develop this bond with these young moms, these new moms. Um, and get them through their pregnancy with uh, health, nutrition. They um, get the home-ready, um, uh, envir- safe environment for the baby. They, um, they work with them on parenting skills. We do a lot to support the, the pregnant mom while she, um, while she's, she is pregnant, and we collect a lot of data along the way. But the three key indicators of long-term success for these babies is gestation period, Um, birth weight and then incidences of breastfeeding.
0: But there, there are a lot of, there are a lot of agencies that do work like this. Do you coordinate with others too? Well, what we do is we do a lot of referrals
1: from community clinics. We work with a lot of, we do have a lot of, we have a lot of what I call little C and big C collaborations throughout the community. So we, we do have a lot of referrals that way, but what we do is unique to, to, us in, in Texas, in, I'm sorry, in, in um, Dallas. So <clears throat> you would think, yay, great, now you're done. But then for the next two years, that nurse sticks with that mom and the baby becomes a patient too. And we do a minimum of 60 in-home visits until the baby's second birthday to oh. work with nutrition, health, immunizations, social-emotional development, etc., to give these babies a really great start.
0: And then you also work in financial education, too. Right. So that's half of what we do. Especially in a recession, you know, (laughs) inflationary period, that seems to be more important all the time.
1: Yep. So the other half of what we do is what we call economic advancement. And that includes uh, one-on-one financial coaching, financial literacy classes and curriculum, uh, career paths. And we really work with, and there's no income ceiling for that half of what we do. So we serve any women that want to partake in these classes or need some one-on-one um, coaching. And those relationships tend to last two, two and a half to three years because women take one class, they want to take another, they do a deep dive with their coaches, they set goals. Um, again, that's another thing where we, we capture a lot of data. But the three key indicators of long-term success and outcomes for our clients are increase in savings, increase in credit score, and
0: decrease in debt. So, are people referred to you for this, or do you solicit?
1: You know what? It's it's a combination. So we, you know, we communicate through social media. We do a lot of, as I said, kind of big uh, little C collaborations. Meaning, last fiscal year, we provided curriculum and coaching opportunities to um, clients of sixty five other nonprofits in our area. So we do things like you can imagine that uh, financial coaching is going to be different for, and and the programs will be different for, say, a family place uh, client than it is who we work with, than it is Crossroads Community Services, where you're also dealing with a clientele that might be food insecure, and they're going to have other challenges than a woman who may be getting out of who's getting out of a domestic violence
0: right.
1: situation, and they've got different. It's it's. Overarchingly the same, but tweaked.
0: So, so let me go back. So, you, as a CEO, you're recruited in, you join Wings in January of 2020, and two months later, the world comes to an end. So, yep. so now you've you've got them through that that two year period. I guess it was probably a challenge to, you know, raise any money, much much less provide any services. And now it it sure looks like we're hunkering down for a different period. You know, maybe a recession. Um, we've got higher interest rates. You're probably going to get to a point where people are going to be not sought after for jobs, but in fact looking for jobs again. So I'm, it seems like a constant challenge for you.
1: You know, I would say it is, it's a constant challenge for our clients um and i think that uh um, we actually did provide services throughout the pandemic we went from fully in person to fully uh virtual in four days and never missed a class and never missed an appointment with uh, with our coaches or our nurses Wow! and um so and we found interestingly that people kept their appointments even more so than pre-pandemic because we think that we were a lifeline and some of the the um things that we learned through the pandemic is we actually created a new position called a resource coach because we were finding that our NFP clients and our uh, economic advancement clients were needing more wraparound services than we provide. And our nurses were stopping nursing and our coaches were stopping coaching because you can't just ignore that someone might be food insecure. You can't ignore that they have transportation issues, et cetera. So what we, realize, and we got funded through a grant, is we created a resource coach position that these nurses and the uh, coaches can not, they can keep doing their nursing and their coaching, but then we've got someone who's supporting that person, rather than just saying, here's a phone number, call it, they're going in there and saying, let me help you. What's your zip code? Let me help you find a food food pantry, or let me Mm -hmm. help you find childcare, et cetera. So we actually, that's one of the big things we learned out of this pandemic and that we're seeing now. Um, another thing that we what we really did was in August of 2020, I said to my board, you know what? Um, we don't know what the new normal is going to be, but it isn't where we were. And I'd really like to um, conduct a strategic plan and figure this out. And so we actually hired uh, Creighton-Webb's folks at SunWest and said, I, I got, couple questions I want to answer. I want to know if our programs are still relevant to the community we serve. And I want to know if our delivery model is still efficient and effective. And the answer was double down on what you're doing. Nobody does it like you do continue. But our delivery model needed to change. We needed to be in the community where before we had a center on Inwood and we expected everyone to come to us, we unwittingly had created barriers to our of time and transportation and childcare. So we now are back out in the community. We are Big C collaborations with multiple partners where we're embedding in their positions in the southern Dallas area and bringing our our services to our clients where they live.
0: You know, that's a, it's fascinating. I mean, and this is, you know, a good lesson for any is you've got to evolve. And, and I mean, there can't be a bigger evolution than, you know, going from the Young Women's Christian Organization to, to Wings. And the services you provided, then and then adjusting the services to what's needed. That's you know, that's that's good. A lot of organizations don't do that. Don't don't adapt like that. Kate Rose Marquez is CEO of Wings. Thanks for the time. I've I've learned a lot. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for Barbara Conversation. Go to KRLD.com slash CEO. I'm David Johnson. News Radio Ten Eighty K R L D.